Okay, let's see. Today is uh, 22 January. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is your CG Prophecy Report. Do you have a field of study? Anybody? If so, you are a racist. <laughs> that and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, got some news from Israel here from Gatestone. This is just kind of a, Gatestone takes a lot of information and jams it in together. And uh, this is kind of what they did. I cut down 90% of it, but it's just kind of what's happening and you're all aware of it, but it's good to be reminded of it. Palestinians recruit minors as terrorists, then condemn Israel for shooting innocent children. So I just took a couple examples out of here and just made it brief. Palestinian terror groups are recruiting minors to carry out terrorist attacks, while Palestinian leaders and international organizations are screaming that innocent children are being killed. The PA glorifies terrorists and rewards them and their families with money and stipends, essentially a jobs program that solicits murder. Ayad, who was killed during violent clashes with Israeli soldiers, this is a kid that was shot recently, had even written a will expressing his desire to die as a martyr. I'm happy that God has fulfilled one of my dreams, martyrdom. So much for being an innocent child. Palestinian children are brainwashed against Israel from the cradle and are deliberately placed in harm's way, while the UN and the rest of the world look away. Okay? The UN members who held an emergency session to discuss the visit by a Jew to the Temple Mount are the biggest hypocrites of all. I don't know if you heard about that, but one of the people in the new government went up on the Temple Mount and the whole world is upset about it. These supposed purveyors of virtue do not want to acknowledge that the Palestinian recruitment of children as soldiers is the real threat to peace and security. Not a Jew walking around on the grounds of a holy site in Jerusalem. It would have been better for the UN and all those who rushed to condemn Ben Giver's visit had they called an emergency session to see why Palestinian children are being sent by their own people to die in clashes with the Israeli army. From the Jerusalem Post, written records of biblical King David discovered by researchers. Now, they have had this idea all along that this is what this tablet said, but they couldn't prove it until now. Uh, up until this point, the David stone, which was found, I believe, up in Dan, the area of Dan, was really the only recorded, outside of the Bible, the really the only recorded uh, thing. It was a stone that says the house of David. But now they have confirmed that actually the house of David is on this stone that has been out there for hundreds of years, probably. I think it's been about 200 years since they found this thing. The Misha Stele. Okay, and surprisingly, I'm going to be talking about that same thing during our sermon today, and I did not plan that. It just came out the week that we're talking about it in the sermon. The Misha Stele, also called the Moabite Stone, is a basalt stone slab that has provided historians and linguists with the largest source of the Moabite language to date. Researchers have now only been able to verify 
with considerable degree of certainty that the stele contains explicit references to the house of David, to King David. The stele was discovered in fragments in 1868, roughly 15 miles east of the Dead Sea, and currently resides in the Louvre Museum in Paris. Now, that's not actually true. They found this thing, and the guy that found it was so excited that he had found this beautiful, pristine stone that the Arabs thought it must have gold inside of it. And so they heated it up and they broke it looking for the gold inside when all he cared about was the historical value of this thing. So when you see the uh, Misha Steely and all those cracks and it's been put back together, it's because somebody thought it was filled with gold, all right? Anyway, while it was damaged in 1869, a paper mache impression of the inscription was captured before the damage occurred. The slab is etched with a lengthy account of King Misha of Moab going to war with Israel. The events described correspond, albeit imprecisely, with a similar account in 2 Kings chapter 3. The text contains allusions to the Israelite God, as well as the house of David and the altar of David. However, until today, scholars could not be entirely sure that these references to King David were being correctly deciphered. Until now, only the first and fourth letters of the series, Beit and Vav, were completely clear. In 2015, a team from the West Semitic Research Project of the University of Southern California took new digital photographs of both the restored stela and the paper squeeze that was done way back when. The team used a method called reflectance transformation imaging, in which numerous digital images are taken off of an artifact from different angles and then combined to create a precise three-dimensional digital rendering of the piece. This method is especially valuable because of the digital rendering allows researchers to control the lighting of an inscribed artifact so that hidden, faint, or worn incisions become visible. More recently, in 2018, the Louvre took these new high-resolution pictures and projected light onto them, coming directly through the 150-year-old squeeze paper. Thus, researchers were able to glean a much clearer picture of the ancient records. This, explains Lemaire and Delorme, is how they were able to see evidence of the other three letters, Tav, Dalit, and Dalit, meaning that it does say the House of David. So we have another confirmation of the Jewish presence in the land of Israel. Again and again, this kind of thing keeps coming up where history is validating not a Palestinian presence, but a Jewish presence in the land. From Fox, Israeli lawmaker to propose bill to annex Jordan Valley area of West Bank. You want to see a lot of heads pop off, have this happen, but they may do it. An Israeli lawmaker is planning to introduce legislation to annex the Jordan Valley, an eastern strip of the West Bank that is home to roughly 30 Jewish settlements. Knesset member Ambassador Danny Dannon is looking to propose the bill, which would make the area which runs along the Jordan River from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea part of Israel proper. The region is part of what is known as Area C of the West Bank, which means it is already under Israeli control, but its residents live under Israeli military law. As it is not currently an official part of Israel, Israeli criminal law and some civil laws have applied only to its residents under an emergency measure that had to be renewed every five years since Israel took control of the West Bank all the way back in 1967. That measure expired in June 2022 but it was eventually renewed this past Tuesday. 
Dannon's bill would make it so that this would no longer have to be done. The bill applies to the areas covered by the Jordan Valley Regional Center, which includes 22 settlements, the Dead Sea Scrolls Regional Council, which is seven settlements, and the Ma'ale Ephraim Local Council, one settlement, as well as 10 communities located near the valley. So we'll see if they do that, and it'll cause all kinds of a stir. If they do it, it'll be forgotten in a couple of years, and all we'll have is just the same people that are complaining right now about everything that'll continue to complain. So I recommend if they want to listen to this update and uh, take my advice, I recommend they just do it. But I'm sure they don't watch this update, so it doesn't matter. Okay, we've got some news concerning Christianity from the Christian headlines. That laugh reminds me of something. I got an email, which I forwarded to you just a little while ago. The uh, missionary in Pakistan sent a letter of thank you to you, and he also sent a lot of photos. So, just so you're aware of that, we have an uh, indigenous missionary in Pakistan that asked for something last week, and before the church was over, somebody had come up to me and given me the money for it, and then somebody else came up and did the same thing, and then I got 15. We got the best congregation in the world here and online. People were just offering to take care of this need, and it was met. Photos available for you. Okay, um, let's see here. 88% of the 118th Congress are Christians. 88%. Now, before we go on, that means there's a lot of nonsense Christian denominations, a lot of nominal Christians, and a lot of Democrat Christians, which I'm not sure what they are, but this is just what they claim to be, which is actually surprisingly very high, okay? The 118th U.S. Congress has more Baptists than any other Protestant denomination. Unfortunately, Baptist means a lot of different things. You've got 10,827 different Baptist individual denominations, okay? There, there are just billion of them, and some of them are so far left, like Jimmy Carter's, that they're actually, you know, not really a church at all. They're just people that are out there feeling good. But anyway, this is just a general analysis for you. The analysis showed that among the 534 members of Congress, some 88% are Christian. That's more than the general population of the United States, where 63% say they are Christian. Only one member of Congress, Arizona Senator Sinema, identifies as religiously unaffiliated. Democrat Representative Jared Huffman of California identifies himself as a humanist, and 20 others, 3.7%, did not disclose their religious affiliations. Protestants make up 57% of Congress, while Catholics account for 28% and Jews account for 6%. For the first time in eight years, the number of Protestants in Congress today is at its highest. The new Congress has 148 Catholics, 10 fewer than the 117th Congress. The CQ questionnaire asked members what religious group, if any, they belong to. The questionnaire does not measure whether religious beliefs or practices are actually involved. 67 identify as some kind of Baptist. There are 31 Methodists and 22 Episcopalians, which you can kind of wad up and chuck into garbage. But anyway, there are 25 Presbyterians, nine are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints, which are not really Christians, eight are Orthodox Christians, 33 are Jewish, three are Muslim, two are Hindu, and two are Buddhist. So there you go. Having said that about the Episcopal Church, there are a couple of good Episcopal churches in this country. A couple. Out of the entire nation, there are a couple that hold to a very conservative uh, stand on religious views and on uh, political views. But they are few and far between. Most of them are so far left that it's they're not churches by any name, uh, sake of the name, at all. Anyway, Reuters. 
U.S. judge upholds Title IX exemption for religious schools. Good. A federal judge has dismissed a lawsuit by 40 LGBTQ plus individuals against the Department of Education challenging a provision of Title IX that allows religious colleges to seek exemptions from the civil rights laws bar against sex-based discrimination. District Judge Ann Aiken, now listen to this, in Eugene, Oregon, wrote that exempting religious schools from Title IX to avoid interfering with their convictions is substantially related to the government's objective of accommodating religious exercise. The Religious Exemption Accountability Project, an advocacy group representing LGBTQ plus former and current students who said they were discriminated against at religious colleges, sued in 2021 to have the exemption declared unconstitutional. The group argued that exemption violations the students' equal protection rights under the Constitution by treating them differently than other students due to their sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity. But Aiken said that while the plaintiff's complaint was replete with allegations of unequal treatments of these students by religious schools, such as Bob Jones University and Baylor University, they failed to show any discriminatory motivation by Congress in enacting the exemption. She also rejected their argument that the exemption ran afoul of the First Amendment's prohibition against the establishment of religion by Congress, saying they failed to show how the federal government, in contrast to the school's advanced religion. The DOJ defended the exemption, surprisingly, though it agreed that the plaintiffs that Title IX bars discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Three Christian colleges, Corban U, William Jessup U, and Phoenix Seminary, which were represented by the ADF, intervened to argue that the prohibition on sex discrimination in Title IX did not go that far. The plaintiffs said they were considering an appeal. Somebody from Oregon made that decision, which really surprises me. But here's the real key to this. I'm going to read them again, and you just kind of keep this in your head and explain to these people or ask these people what they're even applying at these colleges for. Bob Jones University. Anybody? Baylor University. They're purposefully targeting Christian colleges. They don't care about what Bob Jones teaches. They just want to destroy Bob Jones, and by doing that, they can destroy the fundamental underpinnings of the United States of America. Anybody that goes to Bob Jones University knows exactly what they are getting. Exactly. So I have no sympathy on these people. They're all mental minuscules. And I'm glad that this happened. And we're just going to have to keep up this fight again and again and again, because this is their final intention is to destroy us. From the Sun Journal, Portland Diocese challenging 2021 Maine law lifting statute of limitations on childhood abuse claims. Of course they are, because if they allow that to go through, the Catholic Church is going to lose billions of dollars. They're hiding this, and they don't like that these people have been abused for the past many, many, many centuries. And they, there are people that are still alive that are older that were never recompensed for this. Maine said this is wrong. The Catholic Church needs to be held accountable, not hide the stuff they've been doing. What was it? Uh, Philadelphia, a couple weeks, maybe a month or so ago, we talked about them, and they had the same thing, and they had to pay up. They had to admit that they had done wrong. These people need to do the same. Just 
turn out the lights on the Catholic Church is what needs to happen. Okay, some news from the Mideast and Africa today from the AP. Detroit area city OKs. Now, this one you've probably heard about. If you haven't, then you'll be all shocked for a minute, but I'm going to tell you why this bothers me, and it's not the reason you think. Detroit area city OKs animal sacrifice for religious reasons. Now, Detroit is where? It's in Islamabad. That's right. It's, it's, Michigan is all but gone as far as this is concerned. This Muslim-majority council has passed this law. Here's what it says, and I'll tell you why this is so bad. The Hamtramck City Council explicitly approved the practice three to two, another step in recognizing a cultural shift in a city whose 20th century history was shaped by Polish immigrants. Muslims often slaughter animals, typically goats or sheep, or pay someone to do it for them during the holiday of Eid al-Adha. Meat is shared with family, friends, and the poor. The Hamtramck Council in December had voted to continue a ban on animal slaughter, but reverse course at least for religious reasons, after legal advice and objections from people who follow the Islamic faith. If somebody wants to do it, they have a right to their practice, Council Member Mohammed Hassan said. This is when Muslims recognize Abraham sacrificing a sheep instead of having to sacrifice his son, Walid said, referring to the passage in the Quran and Old Testament. Hamtramck has a population of 28,000. More than half of the residents are of Yemeni or Bangladeshi descent. If you go to a Muslim country at this time of year, you're going to see them doing it in the streets. They just kill them all over the place. And that's their right. That's their country. The problem with doing this in the United States of America is once you have set this precedent, anybody under that jurisdiction, including Satanists, can take puppies out in the street and they can slaughter them because they have given approval. Now, you have to get a license, but they can't deny a license if you're a Satanist, if that's your religion. So if somebody wants to do this, they want to take a horse out in the middle of the street and say, this is my religion, I want to slaughter this horse right on Main Street, they cannot say no without denying them their religious rights. This is a problem. This is what America is coming to. From the Daily Fetched, Iranian Channel posts chilling video threatening Trump's life. Now, if this was another president... This would have been all over the news forever and ever, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'd never hear the end of it. There would be threats. There would be all kinds of things going on. It's Trump. Has anybody heard this in the mainstream? No. No. Okay. A popular Telegram channel affiliated with the Theocratic Republic's IRGC posted a chilling video that appears to threaten President Trump's life. It doesn't appear. Okay, it does and also the lives of leading U.S. defense officials after the anniversary of slain Iranian General Qassam Soleimani's death. The video posted on the IRGC-affiliated Sefa Siberi channel depicts an office where a file on Soleimani lies open on a desk, complete with photographs of the terrorist and his assassination, and a calendar marked with the date of his death. Meanwhile, a bulletin board on the wall displays photographs of President Trump, former Net Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, JCF Chairman Milley, who cares, um, and a host of others. A message states, the perpetrators of General Soleimani martyrdom will be punished for their actions. It is then followed by images of a sniper rifle, explosive detonator, handgun, combat drone, and vial of poison interspersed with pictures of the 45th president and other officials. And they've got the cross marks on the president and the whole thing. So uh, just so you know, this is going out there and the nation doesn't seem to care about a threat against a former president of the United States because it's Donald Trump. 
from the Times of Israel. Uproar as U.S. lecturer sacked for showing Prophet Muhammad images in art class. Okay, I'll read it and then we'll talk about it just a little. An American professor has been sacked from her university post after showing her students images of the Prophet Muhammad, triggering controversy and a heated debate over academic freedom and religion. Erica Lopez Prater, an adjunct professor at Hamline University in Minnesota, provoked an outcry among Muslim students when she displayed two centuries-old images depicting the founder of Islam during her art history class last October. Lopez Prater told the New York Times she was aware that many Muslims hold beliefs prohibiting such depictions, and she warned students that she would be showing such imagery during the course, including a warning in her syllabus for the semester. But despite the warnings, including one just minutes before she showed a 14th century painting of the prophet, at least one Muslim student in the class launched a complaint. Lopez Prater apologized in an email. The student told, you never apologize for when you do something right. Ever. You don't do that. Tony Dungy apologized on Twitter yesterday for something he had tweeted a couple days before. And I went to him and I said, this is a terrible post. You never apologize for standing up for Jesus Christ. You don't do it. Lopez Prater apologized in an email. The student told the school student newspaper. She's standing there crying like it really hurt her feelings when she was told what was coming several times. The Oracle. But officials at the small private university in St. Paul decided to dismiss the professor, deeming the showing of the images disrespectful and Islamophobic. After she had told them that it was coming, after she had told them again it was coming, and after telling them, here it comes. The move has left a school of roughly 2,000 undergraduates at the center of an uproar over free speech, academic liberty, and Muslim beliefs that showing any images of the Prophet Muhammad is sacrilege. What about her rights? Yes. which she has now been denied, and the college did come out and apologize, but I didn't see anything in the apology about we're rehiring this woman. And she's black, by the way. Oh, it's just unbelievable. Now something interesting from Mongolia, from Sijin. This is great news, folks. Mongolia becomes the first single B-rated issuer from Asia-Pacific to successfully enter the international debt markets in 2023. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> Mongolia's flagship new recovery policy has ensured that the country has eliminated the risk of a default. The country's Minister of Finance has announced in a press briefing, he said that due to the implementation of the country's new recovery policy, the budget deficit had decreased by 60%. Exports had increased and economic growth was measured at 4% at the end of 2022, higher than its neighboring countries and returning to pre-pandemic levels. This has come on the back of the debt regulation measures implemented in 2020 and 2021, which allowed the country to pay off its Chinggis bond debt of $136.6 million in December. The Development Bank of Mongolia also intensified its repayment of loans, ensuring that the financial status of the state budget will present no barrier to the repayment of the samurai bond on time. The U.S. is going in another trillion dollars in debt this afternoon, and they're getting their books balanced. Sounds like we should all move to Mongolia. Miss Garrett, you look lovely today. You look stunning. <laughs> Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times, didn't he? Science. Extreme rogue wave. This was very cool. If you haven't seen it, you can watch the, the graphic 
online. You just go to this and look at the article and you'll see the graphic. It's a GIF type of image. It's very impressive. Extreme rogue wave in the North Pacific confirmed as most extreme on record. In November of 2020, it, they're just figuring this out now, but this buoy figured it out then and they finally got the data compiled. In November of 2020, a freak wave came out of the blue, lifting a lonesome buoy off the coast of British Columbia 58 feet. That's almost six stories. The four-story wall of water, they say four-story, but if you take 10 feet per story, it's actually a bit more. They, that's the rich people have buildings that are only four stories that are 58 feet, okay? Four-story wall of water was finally confirmed in February 2022 as the most extreme rogue wave ever recorded. Such an exceptional event is thought to occur only once every 1,300 years. And unless the buoy had been taken for a ride, we might never have known it even happened. For centuries, rogue waves were considered nothing but nautical folklore. It wasn't until 1995 that the myth became fact on the first day of the new year and nearly 85 feet suddenly struck an oil drilling platform roughly 100 miles off the coast of Norway. At the time, the so-called Droutner wave defied all previous models scientists had put together. Since then, dozens more of rogue waves have been recorded, even some in lakes. And while the one that surfaced near Usulet, Vancouver Island was not the tallest, its relative size compared to the waves around it was unprecedented. In other words, the one that was 85 feet had waves that were probably 30 and 40 feet around it. It just happened to be exceptionally high. This one was not the case at all. It just came out of nowhere. Scientists define a rogue wave as any wave more than twice the height of the wave surrounding it. The Droutner wave, for instance, was 58 feet tall, while its neighbors were less than half of that. In comparison, the Usulet wave was nearly three times the size of its peers. Proportionally, the Usulet wave is likely the most extreme rogue wave ever recorded. Today, researchers are still trying to figure out how rogue waves are formed so we can better predict them when they will arise. This includes measuring rogue waves in real time and also running models on the way they get whipped up by the wind. Luckily, neither Uslit nor Droutner caused any severe damage or took any lives, but other rogue waves have. If you want to see it, just type in rogue wave and you'll see uh, ships that have actually had the whole front of their hull beaten off by these things. They're very dangerous. Um, one thing that people don't know about, for the most part, unless you've been out there, are very shallow places like um, Lake Okeechobee, south of us. It's a very shallow lake. And when they have storms, they will have seas that are unmanageable. They get very high very quickly because that's what shallow water does. So be careful. Don't think you're in a shallow lake. You're safe. You're actually in a more harmful situation when the conditions are right. Be careful. Mail online. Poo power. World's first tractor powered by cow dung is unveiled and it could help to tackle climate change. Well, I couldn't care about that, but this is still interesting. The 270 BHP tractor runs on fuel captured from farmyard manure. It collects waste products from a herd into biomethane storage units on a farm. Fugitive methane gas is treated, compressed, and turned into low-emission fuel. A cryogenic tank fitted on the tractor keeps the methane in liquid form, giving the vehicle as much power as a diesel, but with significant emission savings. So there you go. People are coming up with ideas. 
that will never take off, and I'll tell you why. Is because if it was to take off, then they would have to use it, and they it would destroy their their little plans for getting rid of all the things that they don't want. So that'll never pan out to anything, but they do have the technology. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From the Gateway Pundit. Young, can, I'm just going to read a few of these. They're starting to creep back up again. We had a little lull and now they're coming back. Gateway Pundit, young Canadian reporter suffers medical emergency live on air. She was vaccine boosted. Gateway Pundit, Air Force Academy offensive lineman and cadet Hunter Brown dies suddenly while walking to class. Heart gave out. Gateway Pundit, 17-year-old high school student in Ohio dies suddenly from cardiac arrest while at school. I went through many, many, many of those just this week. Those are three for you. Newsmax, BBC. Excess deaths for Brits in 2022, worst in 50 years. Now, the BBC has to admit this, and they're a lefty magazine. The BBC reported that the UK is experiencing the largest. We went through Germany. We've gone through the Netherlands. We've gone through the US. We've gone through how many other countries? England. The BBC says more than 650,000 deaths were registered in the UK in 2022, or 9% higher than in 2019. So that's right in the average since the vaccine, because it's been between about 8 and 14% of exceptional deaths that were never recorded in history before. However, the British publication also noted that there's no evidence of vaccine effect. The rise in deaths have mostly involved older men aged 50 or more. And in cases of boys and young men experiencing the vaccine side effect of myocarditis, heart inflammation, it's only been a small rise. One is too many. Amen. Finally, figures up to June 2022, looking at, all, at deaths from all causes, show unvaccinated people were more likely to die than vaccinated people. All causes. They take all causes and they say, see, this is just a little piece of it. That's how they, that's how they spin what you're hearing. Just the news. Now, I reported on this a week ago, but I want you to actually see this live in your mind, okay? I reported on it. The national average is the same as what I reported on a week ago, but this is some people in this nation have to put up with this. Egg prices near $9 a dozen. Bird flu outbreak increased demand over meat as protein source. Egg prices across the U.S. have soared in recent weeks, nearing $9 a dozen, largely the result of a large outbreak of avian influenza among birds. The virus has affected over 57 million birds, mostly egg-laying chickens since last year. Additionally, more families are increasingly relying on eggs as an important protein source while reducing their consumption of red meat because they can no longer afford it because of the economy. The price of large eggs in New York is now as much as $8.79 a dozen. That's like you might as well just have gold in your pocket instead of yeah. eggs, similar to those in L.A. The problem is especially acute in California because of state laws protecting animals. Remember last year I reported on this? You can no longer have this many pigs in a sty. They have to have a whole 3,000-foot square home with air conditioning and, you know, plumbing and everything for one pig. Okay, they, they passed all these insane laws, and they can no longer afford to have people have these farms in the state. Okay, and they also, in their laws, said that you cannot buy meat 
from a farm anywhere else that doesn't meet our standards. Now, I don't know if that was ever changed or not, but that was, they had their laws for California, but they said any meat brought into the state has to meet those standards as well. Well, they're reaping the benefits of it right now. The average U.S. price for a dozen large grade A eggs is just under $5.40, whereas last year it was 37 cents for a thousand eggs. So it's a completely <laughs> different economy. Gateway Pundit. Moderna CEO announces new mRNA shot for heart failure patients to help grow back new blood vessels. So we're going to damage your heart, and then we've got another shot to take care of the damage we've done to your heart. That's what they're saying. Morality is declining. Breitbart, this is in Scotland. New trans law will force all girls' schools to let in biological males. CNN, UK government blocks Scotland's new gender recognition law. They are so far left in Scotland now that they actually had to have a lefty government tell them that's too far. Justin News. Nearly all House Democrats oppose resolution condemning attacks on churches and pro-life facilities. Not only did they oppose the abortion ban, uh, where if a baby is born alive, you must take it to a hospital. They all, every one of them, said we're not going to support that. Well, they also Nearly all, a couple of them didn't, but nearly all House Democrats oppose resolution condemning attacks on churches, pro-life facilities. They won't even support that. It shows you the the deranged state of their minds. Scientific American tweet. This is from Scientific American. The terrifyingly ordinary nature of football's violence disproportionately affects black men. Scientific American says that the NFL is now, football in general is... Racist. (laughs) Mail online. Yeah. Got to stop recruiting those blacks then, I guess. Mail online. Here it is. Now space is racist. (laughs) Woke Colorado astrophysics professor moans her field is riddled with white supremacy and sexism. With colleagues using hyper-masculine and violent language to describe the cosmos. They're naming stars. Yeah, bless her heart. Now listen to this. Gosnell, an assistant professor at Colorado College, studies binary systems. That's racist right there. That is crazy. She claims that hypermasculine and violent language is used to describe stars. That is adult. I'm sorry, but that person is adult. Some other news from around the world. Red State. Democrat introduces legislation to make white people criticizing minorities a federal crime. Now, you can expect this from her, Sheila Jackson Lee, and it'll never go anywhere. She's just appeasing her masses, but this is just as stupid as it can be. She proposes that a white person who vilifies any non-white person and has their words end up on social media accessible by persons who are predisposed to engaging in any action in furtherance of a white supremacy-inspired hate crime would themselves be committing a federal crime. That is not an intelligent person there. Regulating speech down to whatever I say you mean. From Fox, LAPD bans thin blue line flag over complaint. It represents racist, bigoted views. Now, this is the LAPD chief. Michael Moore defended the controversial move, saying yesterday we received a community complaint of the presence of the blue line flag with the view that it symbolized support for violent extremist views. Okay, a person calls up and says, I don't like this, and they take down the flag when it represents them. 
You talk about self-loathing. That's it. Zero Hedge. Wind farms eyed in surge of dead whales on New Jersey and New York beaches. Wind farms. Take down all the wind farms. Mail online. Well, they kill billions of birds every year, and now they're killing whales. They've identified that wind farms are killing whales. Mail online. NHL backtracks after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis slams discriminatory job fair. They didn't want any whites applying. NHL posted a job advert on LinkedIn for its Pathway to Hockey Summit in February. It excluded certain groups of people and listed who would be able to attend. NHL have now backtracked, deleted the advert, and say all over 18s are invited. If DeSantis didn't do it, they'd be only having this thing for non-whites. Epic Times. Florida aims to ban tracking of firearm ammo purchases in first-in-nation policy proposal. Good. The trio of Florida state officials, all Republicans, laid out the Florida Arms and Ammo Act, a first-in-the-nation policy proposal to bar tracking guns and ammo sales via merchant category codes. Florida Commissioner of Agriculture Wilton Simpson, along with State Senator Danny Burgess and State Representative John Snyder, argued that the adoption of the tracking codes would create a quasi-registry of Floridians who have bought guns and ammo legally. Okay? In other words, we are having our rights protected in the state of Florida. Even if nobody else is going to do it, you are not going to use that code in this state. You want your card to be used in the state of Florida? That code isn't included. I love our governor. Breitbart. Whistleblower. Migrants living for free in New York City hotels are fighting staff, drinking all day, and having sex in public. Zero Hedge. USC's School of Social Work bans the word field because of racism. Yes, the university announced that phrases such as field of study will be replaced with practicum in order to advance the cause of anti-racism. Yeah, you have a field of study. You are a racist. Would anybody like to field an opinion on that? What's that? You have to pick the subject? That would be That's the problem, I guess. I don't know. That would be racist if you have to... Never mind. Breitbart. Trudeau spends... Now, this is typical liberal policy here. Trudeau is a lefty. Biden is a lefty. This is what's going on in governments right now. Trudeau spends $400 million giving the Ukraine air defense Canadian army has wanted for a decade. Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party is looking to spend over $400 million to purchase a national advanced surface-to-air missile system. The new defense system, which is a medium-range ground-based air defense system, will be purchased from the United States and given to the Ukrainian armed forces for their ongoing conflict with Russia. The Canadian armed forces, meanwhile, have been calling on the federal government to procure similar air defense for Canada since 2012, when its previous system was retired. They have no air defense system in Canada. They've been asking for this system. They've not been given it, and Trudeau says we're giving it to the Ukraine. The Trudeau government previously announced in 2018 that it would procure an air defense system for Canada, but it is yet to do so, because the Ukraine's air defense is more important than his own air defense. That's liberal thinking in a nutshell, right there. Zero Hedge. 
what is the U.S. gas stove ban really about? Now, this is a very long article. It's like this long. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to read you a little bit and uh, go read the article on Zero Hedge. What we're seeing here looks to be your classic bait and switch. Having established a problem, the powers that be suggest a solution that they have no intention of ever carrying out. The most unreasonable, the better. When this measure is inevitably rejected by the public, which it will be, the government will then proceed to suggest or pay an NGO to suggest to them a compromise measure. It's not about gas stoves. It's not about asthma. It's about indoor air pollution. And here's where the article gets very long because they cite article after article all around the world of people complaining about government people complaining about indoor air pollution. It's a bait and switch. They're saying this is the problem, but they want control over your life. Okay. And more importantly, how they plan on regulating it. Your indoor air, your restaurant, your home, they want to regulate that. As part of backing down from the stove ban, they will introduce. Now, the reason why I included this isn't because it's true. I included to see if it will be true. And so that you're aware in advance if it comes true. That's why I included this. Okay. As part of backing down from the stove ban, they will introduce a new bill which seems smart air monitors become mandatory in all new build houses, hotels, and rented accommodation. Just like smart electricity meters, smart air monitors would also certainly be used to harvest huge amounts of data and give states or corporations the ability to control your home. That's what they're looking for. More smart technology, more monitoring, and ultimately more control. We'll see if that pans out. It makes complete sense to me, especially with all the links. Go read the article. I cut it down from 5,000 words down to three, but you get the point. Okay, who said it? Time is a game played beautifully by children. Heraclitus. Yes. Uh, You don't read Heraclitus in the morning? What's the matter with you? Okay, I got a lesser here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he is writing about. And he changed the name of this town because he, in other words, it's a very hard name town to pronounce. So he changed it. So the Hamtramck group says you may spill. If your faith tells you, yes, thou shalt kill. Goats and sheep are dead meat for the godly that they eat. They're not under the blood from Christ's hill. There you go. Okay, but that's a very bad precedent. They should not be doing it, and they've done it. So now anybody that wants to slaughter something in that city can now do it with a permit, and they cannot deny a permit without denying their religious rights. Bad policy. Okay, i got a bit of irony here for you today. Um, Today I'm feeling very sarcastic, and I understand that. What's that? I, I, more than usual, yes. It's, it's a very, very disappointing world that we're living in. I understand that. If I'm not sarcastic, then I would be crying during these updates. And I'm not kidding about that. I read articles that are so bad, I can't even send you the, the title by messages. I said to Sergio, I just saw something so bad, I cannot send you the title. I see this all day long, okay? This is a terrible world we're living in. This is not a good world. I believe in keeping people apprised of what you need to know of what's going on in the world. Because you don't see all of these things. You may see some of them. But I want you to know what's going on. And then when you leave here, I want you to go have a good day. Forget all of this stuff. You now know what's going on. You don't need to dwell on it. You don't need to focus on it. What you need to do is what Paul says. Think on good things. Think on things that are noble. Think on things that are, you know, edifying. 
Do that, okay? That's what you want to do. Think on Jesus. Think on his goodness and think on what he has done for us. Think on your beautiful 36-year-old daughter that just walked in the door. How are you, Tangerine? She, she went from 35 to 36 over the past seven days. My baby. Okay, so think on those things. Love the Lord with all your heart and don't get consumed by the bad news you hear here. Okay, and further, don't watch more than a couple of updates a week or you're going to be neurotic. Just pick a couple of them, watch them. We all say the same thing, basically. Make sure you watch this one, though, because I say things that nobody else says. I know that. Okay, Mail Online. This is irony. Mail Online. Man 19 is arrested for fleeing from cops on speeding motorbike and driving through two Georgia counties before posting a clip of the wild high-speed chase on TikTok. If you're going to commit a crime, don't post it, okay? Mail online. This one is actually unbelievable. Um, there's a term used when you're, they call it now pocket dial. I grew up with a different term, but we'll call it pocket dial. Teenager 17 accidentally pocket dials 911 while playing tactical shooter video game where he said, I killed two people, promoting cops to swarm his home. Take your phone out of your pocket if you're going to play video games where you're killing people, okay? Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.